Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. No matter where you're reaching us around the country on YouTube, iTunes, or the show website, thanks for being with us. Well, this segment is brought to you by GetValuate.com. If you want to do some investment analysis very easily on your phone or computer, check out GetValuate.com. Well, we have an exciting show for you today. We're going to talk about the multifamily market. And we're calling the show Multifamily 2018. Multifamily industry has really been on a ride. It's really been incredible. But also, there's been a lot of new supply. Now we have some changes in the economy, possibly with the Tax Act. So what should we expect for multifamily moving forward? Is it time to buy? Is it time to sell? Uh, can we still build in this market? Well, let's get an idea of what's going on. Please welcome my first guest. This is Jay Parsons. Jay is Director of Analytics with RealPage, uh, and their website is realpage.com. Jay, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Glad, happy to be with you. Well, always informative to have you on, Jay. Thanks for being with us. And so what about performance? If you look back at 2017, it seems like when I've talked to you over the last few years, seems like every time we talk, it's like, wow, the market, the fundamentals performance really outperformed what we even expected. So how did right. 2017 end up so far? Well, I think we're starting to see the market behave a little more like what we thought it should be doing, meaning that with so much more supply coming online, we're seeing the market uh, slow down from these record peaks that we've been seeing, particularly in rent growth. Still a lot of demand out there, but with so much supply, rent growth levels have certainly normalized a good bit. Yeah, and normalized is uh, interesting because, you know, I'm a broker. I sell apartments. And, you know, if mm -hmm. I tell people, oh, you know, expect 3% uh, in rental increases a year, you know, the buyers may say, oh, that's too much. But, but what kind of rate growth have you seen? Uh, well, for 2017, we saw same-store new lease rent growth about 2.5%, which, as you said, I mean, that's still a, a pretty good number. And people think about normal sometimes. They just take the average over a long period of time. They average out a recession and a, a growth period, and they get one5 to 2%, and they think that should be normal. But really, for times like now, with so much supply, getting 25 to 3% rent growth, you know, you really can't complain. These are pretty good numbers. Yeah, and these are pretty big rents, right? In some of these markets, when you look at the, the rental mm -hmm. rates per, per unit. Oh, yeah. I mean, the stuff that we're building is, is at the very high end of the market, very expensive. And so where we are seeing growth, it's generally in spots where the, you know, t the Class B apartments and apartments built 10, 15 years or more ago, uh, there's still so much room to run, run up rents because you're not building at that price point anymore. And the price point of stuff that we are building is so much higher. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And I think, you know, when people look at the apartment market, there's a, a lot of different submarkets, of course, for submarket areas and cities and, and, and suburban markets. But it seems like the bigger story might be kind of that A versus uh, B and, and even C. So have you Absolutely. continued to see uh, higher in, rent increases on the kind of B and C product? Uh, particularly B and I also say suburban class A and we've been talking about this for a while probably a couple of years now and it's you know, we always like as, as, as economists and prognosticators things work out exactly as we think and and this is an area where it's it's happened exactly as we said it would where if you're suburban class A which was generally a strategy that a lot of the institutional investors would poo-poo a few years back uh, this has been the winning strategy of higher rents better demographics uh, but also you're more insulated from supply and then also in that class B strategy 
uh, that that you you have a, a lot of demand for those assets, um, and not and obviously no one can build a Class B apartment. Now Class C is a little bit differently different. You do have some affordability issues at that part of the market. You're catering to uh, hourly uh, wage workers, a little bit different. So it's it's hit and miss depending on what market and submarket you're in. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And uh, Jay, you do win the prize. You're our first analyst uh, in the last few weeks that used the word poo-poo. <laughs> I love it. So what about occupants? It's a big economics word. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, what, is, uh, what have you seen for uh, vacancy in 2017? How has that been trending? Well, you know, the good news is that it, it, with all that supply, we delivered more than four, well over 400,000 new units in 2017. We actually didn't see a big increase at all in in, in vacancy rates. Uh, we had a little bit of an uh, upturn in vacancy in Q4, about 20 basis points, but for the year, it was basically flat. And uh, some of it has to do with the hurricanes that came in uh, in uh, the latter part of the year in, in Houston, uh, as well as in Florida. We saw a lot of demand for apartments in some of those areas. Uh, but all in all, uh, part of the story that you know everyone focuses on the rent growth number and how it's come down a little bit, and all the people who've been worried about apartments are saying, "See, I told you so." But what people forget is that there's still a lot of demand out there for apartments, and that's certainly a good tailwind going forward as well. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the large amounts of new supply that we've seen uh, in 2017. You know, our headquarters is here in Atlanta, and uh, you know it's just been crazy the amount of apartments, but they seem to be. Uh, performing well. What do you expect for new supply moving forward? Is it is the trend slowing down a little bit? Well, you know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, it's certainly market by market, but overall, um, we're probably going to be peaking on supply uh, in, in the early part of 2018. Uh, and, and part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, number one, we're running out of the best sites. Uh, but number two, it's going to take a serious strategy pivot for developers to maintain these kind of volumes and lenders to support that kind of strategy, meaning that a lot of the focus has been on these urban sites and a development in downtown submarkets with pricing going so going up so high and now rent growth being basically flat for that class A urban product, it's very hard to get those kind of deals done. And so I think as we get into 2019, 2020, uh, we are going to see some, uh, some, some declines in new supply. It's certainly not going to go down to zero, but you're, you aren't going to be able to maintain 400,000 plus units uh, annually. Okay. We're talking with Jay Parsons uh, with RealPage about the multifamily market. So Jay, what do you expect moving forward then into 2018 and 2019? When you look in your RealPage crystal ball there, <laughs> what do you expect for performance moving forward? Well, you know, we're still pretty bullish. Our story has not changed. Uh, but, you know, what has what we continue to emphasize to all of our partners and clients and people we speak with is that this it's about segmentation. You know, back in 2011, 2012, 2013, uh, anybody in the apartment industry was going to be successful. This is the nature of a rising tide boosting all ships. You could have been the worst operator or investor and you were still going to do pretty well. You know, this is not 2012 and 2013 anymore. And so what we're seeing is that, you know, in the right segments and the right strategies, you're going to be successful. So, you know, if you're uh, generally class B and A in the right kind of suburbs, you're still going to do well. We think you should be relatively bullish on the outlook for 2018 and 2019. You're fairly insulated from supply for the most part. You got NIMBYism um, and also you got a lot of demand for that kind of product. Uh, if you're class B overall, you should still do pretty well. If you're in some of the late recovery markets that still aren't seeing a ton of 
supply and right now are starting to see a big increase in rents, I think you'll still do pretty well as well. It may not maintain some of the numbers we're seeing right now, but should still do well. Now, that Class A urban stuff, uh, it's been slowing for a while. It's going to remain sluggish. And uh, as you referenced, the demand has been good, but uh, it's going to be a challenge for a lot of these developers to reach pro forma rents in 2018. Right. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that kind of the barrier to entry. You know, don't build that uh, in my backyard. We certainly see that in a lot of markets that, that we work in. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, when I ask Jay about the investment sales market, uh, is it time to sell? Is it time to buy A or B? Uh, so stay tuned. We'll have more after this short break. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. With ArborCrowd, you get to invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit ArborCrowd.com. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're talking multifamily 2018. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Arbor Crowd. Look, if you're interested in crowdfunding for commercial real estate, visit arborcrowd.com. Well, my guest is Jay Parsons. He's director of analytics with RealPage. And, uh, Jay, we talked about uh, performance of the market. Let's talk about sales. I mean, the multifamily market has just really been hot. You know, it seems yeah. like uh, there's buyers just everywhere wanting A, they're wanting B, they're wanting C, they're wanting everything from very large complexes to small what do you see overall around the country? Has volume uh, slowed down any? Well, that's a great question. You know, what's interesting is, is we, in 2016, we started to see some slowdown from, from the 2015 and 2014, or actually from the year prior. And then in the first part of 2017, we saw a continued slowdown. And so part of the story was that, hey, maybe pricing is getting too high. There's a lot of nervous capital out there. People waiting to see what happens with the Trump economy. But, you know, as we got later into the year, we've actually seen volumes increase compared to the comparatively slow 2016. And so uh, as we end 2017, we might not see a decline at all. That's interesting. What about cap rates, Jay? What are the trends there? Cap rates are right around 5.5%, which, as you know, are, are record low rates. Now, part of that, of course, is that interest rates remain low as well, so that spreads remain uh, pretty attractive. But I think part of the story here is we keep we kept hearing about how there's a lot of dry powder out there and pricing was still up, but a lot of people are just kind of waiting and seeing. Plus, there just hadn't been a lot of properties on the market. And so certainly we are seeing, we're hearing reports of fewer bidders for mark for uh, particular properties are going on the market. Uh, but even though there's fewer bids, you're still seeing prices going up and you're still seeing demand. Uh, for those assets. So I think what we're starting to see is that the investors out there are starting to realize that, uh, that, that, that the market remains attractive and you're just being more selective in what it is you're choosing to bid, but you're still trying to get deals done. Okay. So is the trend for cap rates to be fairly level overall then? 
Yeah, I mean, they've been in the mid fives uh, and basically inching down or holding steady in that mid to high five range for, for most of the, the past year. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to get much lower than that yeah. on an <laughs> aggregate basis. Yeah, yeah, it would seem to be. So what's what's the future hold for us, Jay? What, what do you see uh, in 18 and 19 for for volume and for cap rate trends possibly? I mean, if we're going to have interest rates tick up a little bit, are, interest, are cap rates going to stay flat because of – just how favorable this multifamily market seems to be? Uh, I mean, all signs would suggest they would. Um, you know, again, there's still we still see a lot of reports of dry powder out there. I think a lot of the uh, particularly institutional investors we talk to are really not thinking about, hey, should we allocate less to apartments? They're starting to think, you know, should we change our, our our strategy to investing in apartments, and can we do that without really climbing up the risk spectrum, so to speak? And so that's why, uh, while they I mentioned earlier, kind of shunning that suburban strategy and Class B strategy, uh, we're seeing a lot more institutional interest in a value add opportunity opportunities as well as the right kind of suburban uh, opportunities. Uh, I also think you're going to see, you know, we had a lot of merchant builds of some of these class A urban developments, and some of that is going to be turning as well as those properties reach stabilization. So, um, and also too, there's there's still a lot of, uh, well, we hear, see reports of the lenders, um, you know, maybe being a little more nervous. Uh, that's not being reflected in the data. You're still seeing a lot of money uh, available to, uh, among the lenders for a lot of availability of debt, just may not at the best terms, uh, but maybe that's also a good sign that the market is still relatively healthy in the fact that uh, we're seeing a little bit of strengthening in terms, and yet deals are still being done. Yeah, I mean, gee, if, if uh, you could sell at these record low cap rates, it would seem to, to be a good window to maybe be a merchant builder or to take a few chips off the table while you know the market is so strong. Well, Jay, you mentioned uh, new President Trump. Uh, you know, and, and, and all the changes he's making. Now, just recently we had the Tax Cuts and Job Act, and mm -hmm. there's been some discussion out there that, that maybe some of the changes in the write-offs for interest deduction for homes, uh, maybe that was favorable for multifamily, but you look at it every day. What do you say? Yeah, it's a great topic, and I think it's one of those where you look at it on paper, and it may be a little bit different from how it really is in reality. Now, there's no denying that the the tax code previously had really favored uh, home ownership over renting, and there had been a strong bias there. And obviously, this new uh, structure is going to level the playing field somewhat. Uh, but I, I I think while it's easy for economists to say, hey, this is going to turn the tables, I'm not sure sure that's the case because you know I have yet to meet a person in my life who sat down at the kitchen table and says, hmm, you know, is it more affordable? for me to rent or buy. Let me do the math and make that decision. That's just not how we make living choices. It's primarily a lifestyle choice. And I think that the real, uh, for, for the apartment side, the demographics remain very favorable for the apartment market. I think we are going to see a little bit of change has been on the single family rental side. Um, you know, the, the, the real shift over the last decade away from home ownership has, has primarily been a benefit of the single family rental market, not multifamily in terms of the raw numbers. And so going Going forward, um, you know, obviously the single-family rental market uh, is, is further boosted by this because, you know, if you want to live a single-family house, you got kids, you got a lot of stuff, you don't want to live in a small apartment. Um, now it's going to make more sense than ever to 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 just keep renting uh, a house. Yeah. Well, it certainly makes it easy too if uh, if you want to move or make some changes or or have a job change. Uh, and we have a job market that seems to be continuing to improve, and with the Jobs Act uh, may improve some more. So if consumers have more dollars with lower tax rates. If companies have more dollars and, and, and create more jobs, 
Uh, are those two more factors that could potentially really be great for the multifamily world? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of us, we get paid to, to make the, the commercial real estate market complicated, but <laughs> it all boils down to really two things. It's, it's demographics and it's the economy, it's jobs more specifically. And uh, what we're seeing now is that uh, with, with there, there's more and more confidence among uh, employers out there, not only to hire, but you're seeing a lot of companies out there uh, just, just in the last couple of days, American Airlines and Southwest announcing they're going to give employees bonuses and they're following a long line of others that are doing that. That's more money in the pockets. And particularly, this tends to benefit, the economy is, has really been benefiting more of the white collar jobs and more higher educated workers in this in this cycle. And that generally caters well uh, for the institution, or I should say the investment grade apartment market that, that generally caters to uh, mid and higher income workers. And so uh, I think we're going to continue to see those tailwinds, uh, as well as the demographic trends, uh, continuing to drive the apartment market over the next few years. Okay. So if we're going to have good demand, and I guess everyone is in agreement that interest rates are going to rise some. So what would you expect cap rates to be a year from now? Are we still going to be kind of this flat five range, or might they go up a little bit? But if you've got increased demand, you've got increasing NOI growth, um, yep. what, do you, what do you see? Well, you know, it's interesting, all these debates about interest rate growth, I mean, you, they're arguing over, you know, over, over, over a couple of bips here and there. No one thinks interest rates are going up to what really we consider the norms of the past couple of decades. And so uh, any minor increase in interest rates is probably not going to move the needle very much for cap rates. Uh, so I would continue to expect to see cap rates in that mid five range as long as the overall economy remains attractive and apartments continue to perform as well as we expect. Okay. Well, Jay, what would be your parting tip for our audience regarding the multifamily market moving forward? Best tip is to not just continue to, to rest on the strategies that made you successful in the past. It's a fluid market. Segmentation is the key. Yes, the apartment market is continuing on the macro level to do well, but there's winners and losers by market, by submarket, by asset class. And so uh, if you've always been comfortable in one little niche, uh, be open-minded about different opportunities. Just looking at something different does not mean that you're going down the risk spectrum, so to speak, as long as you look at the numbers the right way. So find the numbers, use the numbers to find the story as opposed to finding your story and then choosing numbers selectively to help tell your story. Yeah, great tip, Jay. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Anytime, Michael. And uh, thank you, uh, Jay, for that. Great information as usual. Well, stay tuned. We're going to have more on the multifamily market. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Build out the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go-to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.
Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I am Michael Bull. Well, this segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. If you're a broker or an agent in the commercial real estate business, check out CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we're talking about multifamily. The name of our show is Multifamily 2018. Please welcome my next guest. It's Doug Ressler. Doug is Director of Business Intelligence with Yardy Matrix, and he's joining us on the phone. Doug, thanks for being with us. Michael, thank you for the opportunity. Well, Doug, you guys are studying the market. What do you think about the multifamily market? It certainly had a great run, and uh, it seems like people are waiting for the next shoe to drop. And there's like, can this great these great times keep happening? What do, what do you see in the multifamily world? Absolutely, you know, 2017 was great, and uh, everybody expects the cyclical downturn. But right now, we don't see the numbers statistically that support that because the economy is going great. Uh, we still continue to see rent growth. In fact, we're actually projecting rent growth, uh, you know, increasing a little bit in 2018. Uh, the demand uh, or the supply of new renters is continuing to grow, and uh, the alternatives just uh, aren't there that uh, present uh, an alternative uh, to renting. And in fact, some people want that type of that lifestyle. So right now, we think that the rental market is going to continue to be robust. And we're projecting that in terms of our forecast. So what do you expect uh, rent increases to be if you average the, uh, the country moving forward in 2018? Well, national rates in 2017, we averaged about 2.4. We think it's going to go about 2.9 in 2018. So we think that it's going to hit a slight mesa and then continue up. The largest growth area is going to be in the workforce, affordable area. Right. And so you think that uh, demand is going to just continue to grow, that there's not going to be maybe the push for some of these uh, millennials that have been in kind of the key rental market age to, to maybe start families and move out. You think uh, maybe the tide's turned and uh, people aren't afraid. I, I know it used to be when somebody <laughs> said they rented an apartment, you felt sorry for them. Now if someone says they own a home, you feel sorry for them. Oh, you, you got to cut the grass this weekend, right? So you think demand's <laughs> going to continue, right? right? Yeah, we don't see, uh, we certainly don't see that occurring. I mean, you're going to be challenged in some areas uh, based off the supply in a, in a fairly tight footpad of area, you're going to see uh, competitive pressures. But for the most part, it's going to continue to uh, to rise. Yeah. Well, Doug, what do you think about affordability? I mean, it seems like I see some of these rents, uh, you know, we're headquartered here in Atlanta, and we look at some of these rents, uh, especially uh, in the core urban area here, that uh, are pretty high. And you wonder, you know, is affordability going to become an issue in the multifamily world? Well, it's already an issue, Michael. Uh, we see affordability that you see uh, in terms of the dramatic increases uh, that uh, rents have occurred over the course of the last uh, two years. And you see a lot of varying options that are being uh, looked at. Uh, everything from state initiatives like in the California legislature to vote on certain ballot initiatives to local enforcement. But, you know, really that all those are, are artificial um, means to be able to deal with supply and demand and we've never been in the opinion I mean all the way back to the 1970s when they did the same thing with oil embargoes that any kind of uh, artificial uh, destimulation package has never really worked if, it, if anything it's gone the opposite way so we really think that the supply and the demand the demographics that are supporting that in terms of uh, a 4.1 percent employee employment and a growing sense that the economy continues to get better uh, is really going to drive the rental market. Now what you see in that case is you do see some initiatives uh, really at the state and local level 
where per people are working with uh, policy um, governance as well as the local business owners to be able to develop workable solutions. Yeah, I think you're right. I think affordability is, is an issue in a, in a lot of cities. And, you know, it would be interesting to see when, as these rents continue to rise, uh, do they start having issues raising these rents this high if the, if the people don't have the incomes increasing? But uh, another thing I want to ask you about, we're talking with Doug Ressler, Director of, of Business Intelligence with Yardy Matrix about the multifamily market. And, and Doug, what about the tax bill? You know, what, are, is how's that going to impact the multifamily world? Is there going to be more jobs? Uh, are consumers going to have more money? Is, are we, is that going to maybe help rent growth? What do you see? Well, right now, the, you know, the, it's it's a little soon to tell in terms of the new tax reform package. Uh, we believe it's going to incent some economic stimulus. Uh, but in terms of do I rent uh, or do I buy, uh, right now I don't see that there's a, a huge impetus to be able to buy, especially if you look on the coast in California, you've got a, a salt limitation with the new tax guidelines that says you can, you can only declare a certain ceiling on the amount of property tax. So if I've got a $500,000 home and I can, you know, obviously I'm going to have a lot more property tax in LA if I use that. So what is that going to incent me to do? I think it really remains a question mark in terms of the dramatic impact that the, the tax bill is going to have on single family living and what that means to uh, the rental industry. If anything, I think the rental industry is more of a beneficiary with the new tax bill than the single family living uh, market. Interesting. We're talking with Doug Ressler with Yardy Matrix. Um, Doug, what about um, winners and losers? Are there markets or cities or suburbs or urban areas? Who are the winners and losers moving forward? Well, right now, uh, the we see the losers. I'll address them first, and we see the uh, losers right now. And, and I wouldn't call it losers so much as less strong, right. uh, especially in the in the markets that are dependent upon a single. Uh, economic um, type of egress that like energy for example so you're looking at places like uh, Odessa uh, that sit on the Permian Basin and you're looking at Oklahoma City places that are still feeling the effects uh, Houston to a certain degree still feeling the effects of the energy market uh, that uh, is pretty bad you do see however in terms of stronger uh, areas you see areas like Boise Spokane Tacoma uh, spillover effects, or even in suburban parts of suburban Atlanta, we see the spillover effects, where because of the urban, the actual urban diversity and how big the urban cores are growing, you see spillovers into the suburban areas and also the movement uh, into areas like Sacramento from the East Bay uh, and uh, Boise, Spokane, where you know the tech industry has moved uh, to be able to get workers and whatnot. So the resultant rental incomes and rental housing uh, grows in those particular areas where heretofore it was primarily uh, agriculture that, uh, that drove those markets. Okay. So, Doug, what do you think about values moving forward? It sounds like your forecast is, is pretty good for multifamily, but we do have some uh, interest rates I think we all expect to rise. What do you expect there, and what do you expect for values moving forward for the multifamily sector? Right now, we, we still see the value is going to continue to increase. However, what we do see, there's going to be a slowdown in terms of actual shovels, shovels in the dirt to be able to 
uh, build uh, new development uh, as readily as what's occurred in 2016, 2017. So we don't think that you'll see that continued amount of building new building stock uh, going in as opposed to the existing consolidation of properties. Also, you'll see a lot more value-add, but again, value-add is a conditional statement that says, who am I competing with? Have the A's versus the B rents grown significant enough that I can go in with a minimal type of investment and recoup my rental rate increases? So that's all being considered. Again, that's new shovels in the dirt. So what we see is that slowing down is going to occur. Okay. And if you see values increasing moving forward uh, for the multifamily sector for these communities, is that from NOI growth and income growth, or is it uh, a cap rate still staying stable or maybe uh, compressing somewhat? We see cap rate stability as long as the NOI is where the growth is going to occur. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, sounds good. I, I think uh, all the multifamily owners, investors are are doing the Snoopy dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doug, thanks for being with us. As always, Michael. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us around the country, whether you're on uh, uh, YouTube or iTunes or the show website. We appreciate you being with us, and we appreciate hearing from you through social media or otherwise. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Arbor Crowd, invest alongside real estate experts, Get Valuate, online investment analysis, commercialagentsuccess.com, better serve clients, earn more commissions, Build Out, marketing for your brokerage, Real Crowd, crowdfunding with the professionals, for more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com. And you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.